Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. To understand where we are today is to remember the story in 1 Samuel 30. It's been an assignment of mine that God has been teaching me how to help people get restored. 1 Samuel 30 is the story about David being raided at Ziglag. It is my hope that through my teaching and preaching that you are able to regurgitate that story to me in several different ways. We have preached that sermon for several years and more recently, we've given several topics on that sermon, okay? I know sometimes retention is not always the best, but I remind you that David was raided at Ziglag. They cried all night long and David did what? Encouraged himself in the Lord. And one of the things we always teach is, I don't care what you lose, be careful not to lose yourself. You can lose money, you can lose influence, you can lose friends, but the worst thing to lose is yourself. All right, David encouraged himself in the midst of a very depressive situation. Tell somebody, fight for you. Lord help me today. God have fight for you. Everybody else, people who loved him that decided that he wasn't worth following because he was the leader that allowed them and their children to get raided. David thought by having a sense of empathy and joining in with them and crying that they would say he's with us. But after they finished crying and you go through all the emotions, they looked at each other and they said the only reason we're in this situation is because of David. They turned on David and David decided to encourage himself and then David get himself together and then David goes to Abathar the priest. And Abathar the priest tells somebody, you need godly relationships. When you get in trouble and things begin to sink and things begin to go awry, I'm only using this to connect you where I'm going. Because when I shift, it's going to be a shift. All right? All right. So you better catch it while while we're going. Um, uh, David has relationship with Abathar the priest. And he go to Abathar the priest. Normally the priest is the go-between between God and man. That's the priest's job is to intercede, uh, have sacrifices. But he does something different, which is awesome because he predates what Christ did for us because of what Christ did for us tell your neighbor I can go to God for myself so David does something in the Old Testament that pre- predates what we do in the New Testament he asks Abathar for the ephod he says let me borrow your ephod I'm, a, I'm not a priest but I'm about to do what a priest does I'm about to go to God for myself he gets the, uh, the, the, uh, the ephod, which is nothing but a girdle that you wear under the garments of the priesthood garments. I taught about the ephod and what the garments mean. All right, it means girdle yourself. Everybody know what a girdle is, right? A girdle means hold things together. When everything's falling apart, get a girdle. When everything is going which way, get a girdle. So when his emotions are everywhere, he gets a girdle to say emotions don't fail me now emotions you can't lead me emotions I'm not jumping off the cliff I'm not committing suicide I'm not giving up on my destiny I'm not throwing away my family I know things are going crazy but give me the ephah I'm not about to give in to my emotions right now it's crisis management give me the ephah priest I'm gonna pray myself He grabs the ephod, he conditions himself, and he goes to pray. I don't know about you, but many times when you're under stress, it's hard to hear God. 
When you don't know what you're hearing sometime when you're in a crisis. You can hear your own emotions. And I told you sometimes the worst thing to hear when you're going through is to listen to yourself. But he's not listening to himself. He disciplines himself, his emotions, till he hears God. Hear God through the clutter. Hear God through the harassment. Hear God through all the things that go on. Can you hear God through all the foolishness and all the other things going on in the world? Can you still hear God? He has an ephod and he hears God in the midst of a crisis. He hears God. He has clear direction on what he needs to do. And what he does, God tells him he says God says without fail you shall recover all his prayer sounds like this he said God shall I pursue this company shall I go after who took my stuff shall I chase them down and God says for sure you shall pursue them and he says pursue that's the first part he tells him to do what I'm gonna do in this situation God say pursue get your stuff back then he says not only will you pursue but you will pursue and recover all how many know you can pursue and get your butt whooped? How many know you can pursue and not win the battle? How many know you can pursue something and not get to victory? But God tells him that you're going to pursue and you're going to recover all without fail. The same man who was stoned, stoned just a little bit, about to be stoned, David was threatened to be stoned. The same man who was threatened to be stoned just a few verses ago gets up, got clarity, clarity in his spirit, goes back to the same folks who was about to stone him and tell them, let's get ready to fight. Now, I know that's a big thing for us because we struggle with forgiveness all day. There are things that God could have restored in our life and we would have been forgiven by now. He gives a word from God and tells the same people who was going to stone him, get yourself together because God's going to give us all our stuff back. He lost trust one day and gained it back the next. Y'all going to help me preach? Come on, y'all better take this because it's going to get tough in a little bit. Y'all better take it. Uh, he, it's gonna, he says, look, he look, God's going to restore us. Get over what happened yesterday. Get over what happened last night. Get over that because you got to remember, let me tell y'all something. Sometimes we start fighting each other. I don't care what happened. You got to know the devil is the devil. I'm not the devil. Your husband is not the devil. Your wife is not the devil. The devil is the devil. We start fighting each other and nobody's fighting the devil and sometimes that's why we don't get the victory because we're too busy fighting who the devil used <laughs> instead of fighting the devil tell your neighbor don't fight me let's fight the devil because if you ain't careful he'll use you too and we spend more time fighting each other instead of fighting the devil. Come on, y'all. And so that's why you need your PPE, so you can fight the devil. And he says, listen here, guys. Listen here, guys. We got to go get our stuff. And we got to go recover all. In recovering all, in recovering all, he begins to tell them, he says, in recovering all, he says, let's go. When they get ready to go fight, 600 men, only 200, 200 of them are tired. And we begin to teach to you how to support tired people. Y'all better go back his own line. You better go get that stuff on how to support tired people. Because sometimes when people are tired, we throw them away. Tell somebody, I'm only tired today. Watch out for me tomorrow. 
when I get my strength back, I'm going to be what you never thought I could be. I'm only tired today. And sometimes we get rid of tired things that can easily be replenished. I'm just tired. That's why I understand how to treat babies when they're tired. When little, little toddlers are tired, just put them to sleep. My mother taught me well. I know how to put them on my knee and shake them right there. Oh, y'all ain't never taught that. Y'all know how to do that. Y'all be sitting there mad at the little toddlers. They just tired. Trying to hang up with the, the adults at night. Grandma done came over to the house. Children see all the excitement in the house. They too tired to hang with the adults, but they trying to. But because they trying to, they getting into trouble. And you say, boy, I done spanked you three times. Just put them to sleep. They tired. And the next you know, when they get their strength, they can obey. Come on, y'all. So tired people just need a place where they can be replenished. So we ain't throwing you away because you tired. We just going to know that you need some strength. And so 200 of the people were tired, but 400 were ready to go. God has given me a mission to build 400 strong people because 400 is ready to go. And God has given me initiative, not that we're going to forget the 200, we got a plan for the 200, so to speak, but we got a plan for the 400. The 400 are built up and they're ready to get the devil, get, take the stuff back from the devil. We need some people in here who are built up and replenished. Can I say this? Everybody can't be broke down in this church. Somebody got to be blessed. Everybody can't be struggling in this church. We got to have somebody who has come up through something and are standing on their feet and have a strong sense about who they are I understand there are tired people but everybody in the church can't be tired I need to know that we got some strong people who are ready to go and get our stuff back from the devil tell somebody 400 strong oh that's where we go we're going to 400 strong not that we're gonna give it about the 200 but I gotta make sure we raising up 400 strong all right, I think I've did my preface so you'll understand why I am with 400 strong. I want you to understand and understanding the 400 strong, what they lost wasn't only about losing stuff. They lost their wives, their children, their possessions, their dignity. So they lost stuff. But when you read later down in the verses, once they got back their stuff, they was fighting against each other. And the people who were 200 was tired. The 400, a group out of the 400, said they ain't getting nothing. They didn't fight with us. And if they didn't fight with us, they ain't getting nothing from us. And what David institutes then is a statue that those who wait by the stuff or, or get the same spoil at those who fought for the stuff. And what we learn here is sometimes we don't just lose stuff, we lose standards. And I gotta preach today, bring back the saints. Say, bring back the saints. Thank you, Holy Ghost, you're good. First Corinthians, the sixth chapter says this, and it starts off very strong. It says, Paul is writing here, dare any of you having a matter against another, Go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints. Oh, Father, do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, 
Are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Verse 3. Know ye not that ye shall not, that ye shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Let me pause for a minute. Let me teach a little bit. Paul is actually correcting and rebuking the church. He's rebuking the church saying, dare any of you. In other words, how you done mustered up the boldness to go to the secular law to govern your life. Oh, you don't want me to mess with today, dog. Y'all don't want to mess with today. Y'all don't want to mess with today. Y'all don't want to mess with the Roe versus way. Y'all don't want me to mess with it today. Y'all don't want me to mess with it today. <laughs> oh, I'm prepared to mess with it. I'm prepared. How dare you get your standards about uh, uh, what we do with babies from the secular law? Oh, how dare you? He's saying to them, how dare you go to the lesser law and not trust the greater law? Oh, y'all don't want to mess with it today. Ray versus, Ray, uh, Roe versus Wade didn't change my beliefs on what I believe should happen. I already knew what the Bible says about life. I understand how God has dealt with life. I've even taught you all about wombs. I've taught you prophetically and spiritually about wombs. I told you that there are three wombs. The first womb is what? The womb of the spirit. That's the first womb. Everything God first does comes from the spirit. That's the first womb. He told Jeremiah, before your mother knew you, I knew you. That's the first womb is the spirit. Then he talked about the second womb. The second womb is the earth. That you plant seed in the earth. And the third womb was the womb that he had given to the woman or given to for reproductive. So we're not lost about what God, the problem we have is we keep going to the lesser courts to decide what God's already decided. I ain't going to go into the deep today, but I'm prepared if you want to ask me a few questions. Well prepared. Law wise, spiritual wise as well. Very prepared for it. Got plenty notes in my phone to address it. I'll address it maybe real soon because some of us need to be educated on God's stuff. I got to get out of here. I want to. He said, "How you go to the lesser court and not be go before the saints?" What he's trying to say is there is supposed to be a understanding of how we work through matters. He says, saints should be fighting with saints and need to go to the world so the world can solve saints' problems. He said, what's wrong with y'all? He says, saints don't have, church, the church don't have the right standards. We don't have the right standards of our reputation. We don't have the right standards of how we should treat matters. And he says, we need saints. Everybody say, we need saints. Saints are people who have consecrated themselves to God. Saints are people who don't live according to carnality. Saints are people who understand what it means to be chaste and modest. Saints are people who understand how to overcome faults. Another word to understand saints are people who seek and pursue a clean life. He says you don't have to go to the world when you're fighting with each other. There's another court that's supposed to be within the church called the saints. He said, you want to handle the matter, saints that are having matters with each other, go before the saints. How dare you? How dare you not go to the saints? Some people are saying, where are the saints? (laughs) 
Our problem is we think everybody sitting in the pew is living unholy. Our problem is we've made it seem like nobody is trying to please God. The problem is we've already told everybody that everybody's slipping and falling and fornicating and committing adultery. We've come up with these definitions that now people don't even think people are living holy. People don't now think people are trying to please God because we have now started all type of rhetoric that everybody is struggling and nobody's winning. But I got to tell you the truth. There are people who have made a firm decision to live for God. And I ain't saying they don't have moments where they need to repent but they're not living in no sin they're not living in no situations and our problem with the church is that we've made it seem like everybody's slipping and dipping choking and y'all know what i'm saying that nobody has made a clear decision that for god i live and for god i die uh-huh. We missing that. So where are the saints? But I believe that it's time for us to make a stand on what we believe. I believe that we need the saints. Someone say, where are the saints? We cannot afford to think all the saints are in the grave. That's one of the tragedies of the church is sometimes the church has become historic instead of progressive. The only thing they can remember is in 1952 when elder so-and-so-and-so preached. Come on, has God done anything lately? Sometimes the church's greatest moment is in a history book. God's, God's greatest person, some woman of God, man of God, we esteemed him highly. All our patriarchs and people who went before us in the time of the Lord. But God needs some ambassadors right now. God needs the remnant to stand up right now. God needs people who will stand for him right now. Because our problem is, in order to have a reference of godly living, we got to go back a hundred years to somebody who's been in the grave for us to have a clear definition of somebody living holy. But today, we got to get people to say, I'm one of the ones and I'm going to stand for God. You ain't got to go back 20 years. Start right now. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We ain't got to go back always to history. And that's what a church is. And the church been looking back. And so that's why people like to sing songs like, let us all go back to the old land mall. I ain't got no problem with the song, but I ain't trying to go backwards. God is progressive. I'm trying to go forward. My best days are not behind me. I like my history. I have a good, rich history of spiritual upbringing, but that's just a starting point. I'm not going back to what Mother Roundtree did. She was a great mentor for my life. She laid foundation so I can be better. Come on, y'all. We got to stop going backwards to get our point of reference God's trying to raise up people who are saints today I want you to understand that these this this saints are not old people this is why we are having problems with this thing called saints because we have determined that we cannot get to a place where we can be considered a saint until we have gray hair until we are older so we got a whole bunch of young folks or younger people waiting till they get old to live right. Like living right is for old people. Hallelujah, come on. There's some testimonies I just wish I didn't have.
I, I know some folks just love testifying. I do too. But not testifying that I was in three car wrecks. I was in ICU five times. And I had to go through all of that before I said yes to Jesus. I ain't looking for all that. Y'all can have those testimonies that floor people. Oh, you should hear his testimony. I'm not looking for none of that kind of stuff. God ain't got to slam me, flip me, make me do no cartwheels for me to say yes. And that's how it is. People have decided they're going to be disobedient and God going to have to chastise them for 25 years before they fully give up to God. And I don't know about you. I ain't got no time to be getting no whippings from the Lord. Getting up with this wonderful testimony, and somebody with wisdom was sitting next to you. I don't know if y'all saw it with somebody, a, a good saint with wisdom. Brother, get up here, testify what God did, and they'll say, Ooh, praise God. He'd have been so much better if you just obeyed. That's how the Holy Ghost wisdom sounds. We thank God for bringing him out, but maybe he wouldn't have had a 25 year sentence that God had to overturn if he would have did right and obey. Y'all ain't saying nothing. So we got a whole bunch of young folks, people growing up that's just waiting till they get old. They're letting the devil take their youth. They're letting the devil take their energy. They're letting the, they're using their enemy, their energy to do fleshly and carnal things. And now when they're old, now they want to say, use me, God, like you never used me before. You ain't let God use you. You're slower now. You don't think as fast. You can't do no five-day revival. You can't go long. You can't, because you're tired. You're older now. Now you want to fully give yourself to the Lord. No! We got to break that pattern of waiting till we're old and gray. Give God your strength while you got it. Give God your intelligence while you got it. Give God your mind while you got it. Stop talking about you're going to wait till you're this age and this age. That's what I did and that's why it took me so long to get saved. I got saved when I was 17 but I could have got saved a long time ago. But I was dodging God. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I told you I came from a church that had strong altar calls. Strong altar calls. When they will say, Jesus, Jesus. And when they called on the name of Jesus, they will look around. Jesus, Jesus. Save somebody today. Jesus, Jesus. Bring somebody out today. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Strong altar call. I don't know what they're talking about. And I spent my whole young life going to church, dodging God. Just like, get out the church, like, whoa, made it out of there today. See your friend outside, man, I almost got saved today. I almost got saved today. Well, Deacon so and so came over there by me. Yeah, man, I went to the restroom. Y'all don't know nothing about that stuff. Forget y'all don't. Y'all <laughs> running from God. Y'all ain't never been there. I, I could talk about it. Running from God. Oh yeah, and someone will sing some of them anointed songs, and they'd be like, "Lord, won't they in that song?" Not because it was went so long, but because that song was tearing down the walls of your heart. Ooh, if they can just move them from that song today, I can get out of here, a wretch like I am. Y'all know what I'm saying? We worked on being sinners. Y'all ain't saying that. Y'all ain't never grew up in that kind of church. I tell you, I had a good upbringing. I can remember one of them church. They were they'll sing, "Come to Jesus" till somebody come. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus, just now, he will save you, he will save They were singing all day. And them songs were dangerous. Because them songs that you can put another word in front of the, the song all the time, he will save you, he will deliver you, he will clean you. The song go all day. 
<laughs> he would this and he would act like, come on now. Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> but we got to give God our strength. Y'all said what I'm saying. Give God our strength while we're young and youthful. To be a saint is not to be somebody old. Somebody who can't have no fun. I'm not talk calling for you to be so mean and rigid that nobody can't talk to you. I ain't not talking about that. Now, I ain't talking about the mean people who are in church that talk about your business all day and treat you all kind of wrong. I ain't talking about that. Now, those who think I was about to give y'all a license to tell somebody life, I ain't, I ain't giving you no license to tell nobody life. Those who thought I was about to give you a license to be gossipy and be putting on people and putting people down and talking all crazy. I ain't talking to that. No, 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 no. That ain't what, I'm talking about somebody with a sweet spirit somebody with a loving spirit somebody with the spirit of wisdom and counsel somebody come on y'all we need the saints at the saints he tells them how dare you go to the world for this, for this stuff to handle your matters go before the saints as if the saints in itself is a courtroom as dealing with the saints you can get good instructions as if the saints are a are, are a department of his own within the church somebody say the saints look at verse 2 do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world so the other thing he starts to do is educate them on what the saints do do you not know how you behaving he's saying is making me think you don't have knowledge do you not know what the saints do the saints shall judge the world and if the world shall be judged by you are you unworthy to judge the smallest matter if, if you can't if you can't handle the small stuff come on guys so he says listen the saints is going to judge the world now this is the problem we're having is everybody is telling the church we are not the judge so God is trying to build us up so we can be judges and other people are telling us we are not the judge and what is happening here is we don't have people who are biblically literate. We don't have a church that, are, that is biblically literate. We quote the scriptures all day and say, judge, so you, be, so you be not judged. And we don't even understand what it means because all we do is read and we don't study. The only way to become a saint and become mature, you got to know what the word means. When the Bible talks about judge, first of all, judge has two senses of the word judge. One of them means to speak and to condemn. And the Bible doesn't give authority to speak and to condemn. Well, none of us have authority to send nobody to heaven or hell. You don't have it. I don't care how much you live right. You don't have the authority to send nobody to heaven or hell. See, that put a whole department in the church out of, we put an X on that, that whole department is gone. That whole department is gone out the church because nobody should be spending their lives trying to judge a matter and send anybody to heaven or hell. Now the Bible clearly tells what are the qualifications for hell and heaven. The Bible tells us that. But we don't have authority to send nobody anywhere. But what we do have a j ability to judge, which means to speak to and to discern a matter. Why right? we have the spirit to judge, the second sense of the word judge, we have the authority to do. We have the authority to speak to matters and discern matters. God has put us in the earth to be the salt of the earth. But everything in the earth is telling the church to be quiet. That's right. 
is telling the church not to judge a matter. Jesus was telling his disciples that I'm calling you to be a judge. We got to understand that we have been called to judge. It's in the word of God. But if we don't know what the Bible means, somebody will tell us that we're doing the wrong thing for God. We have been called to judge a matter, to examine it whether it's right or wrong. That's what it means to investigate, to inquire, to sift, to question. That's what it means. We have the authority to decide and to help people understand if it's God or not. God want us to be able to judge and we have lost the ability to discern we have lost the ability to judge because we are missing what God has called us to do verse 3 another word of knowledge he tells them know ye not that ye shall judge the angels so he's saying even in the final redemption we the Bible says we're city Jesus has been lifted up far above the angels one scripture says then it says we are seated with him in heavenly places so in the final redemption when we are all raptured we are also going to be a part of the judgment of God but if you don't know that you don't understand the authority you have as believers so God even in final redemption we're going to be judging the angels so how much more things that pertain to this life so if we're going to be judges in the final redemptive life we are to be judges in this life if you then have judgment of things pertaining to this life set the, set them to judge who are at least esteemed in the church so what it's saying is let the people who are esteemed who are least esteemed in the church let people become judges in the things of God I'm telling you what we really need in this time is we need believers to become saints we need we need believers to become educated in the things of God we need people who know right from wrong and why they stand on the things of God we need people who don't just quote and speak scripture, but understand the context of scripture. Come on, not just throw out a whole bunch of scriptures, but the context of scripture. Had a guy, a good friend of mine, he wanted to argue argue about the Supreme Court decision about prayer in schools. And he wanted to argue about it and had the nerve to throw a scripture in there that talks about prayer and said that prayer is a personal institution that is for not for the outside. Prayer is a personal personal institution not for the outside and he used Matthew 6 and Matthew 6 and 6 that says when you pray go into your secret closet and you pray and the God who sees in secret will reward openly I said brother you are right that's called personal prayer that's personal prayer but prayer is not just personal all the time sometimes prayer is corporate how about the scripture when Jesus walks in the house of God and throws over the money changers and said that you have made this house a den of thieves but my house shall be called a house I said brother you don't try to use prayer to justify what you want to say about the Supreme Court decision about the coach who pray I understand freedom of speech I understand what you're trying to do but don't you get prayer mixed up in that prayer can be personal and prayer can be corporate so don't try to make prayer a personal thing to, to say he has no business being able to pray on the outside see that's slick but when you don't know what the Bible says you become illiterate and you start speaking things you don't know what you're talking about we need people who are mature in spiritual things and they wanted to be a professional arguer. 
with me. And I was, I ain't arguing with you, man. You want a professional arguer. I understand. I do social media. I understand that. I can argue with the best of them. But I'm, I ain't got time to argue. I want to see, would you obey scripture? You gave me Matthew 6. I honored it at personal. Then I took you to corporate prayer. And then you want to talk about context. Was it in the context? Read the scripture. Jesus says what the context was. He wanted to be a professional arguer. And I said, no, man, this ain't what we're about to do. If you're going to use scripture, let's stand on the word of God. We're not going to use everything just to benefit what we want to say. Oh, you see what I'm trying to say? There's some stuff going on out there, y'all. We got to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. That's the difference today. Because people would use stuff to justify their own means, right? And he was trying to fight for the Supreme Court decision saying the man had no right to pray and I understand it clearly what it really means that any person of any religion can pray that's what the United States says that anybody not just a Christian person that everybody can pray and Christians got to recognize that too because the law of this world that everybody can pray right they can pray to Satan even if we don't like it they can pray to Satan all right we ain't got to say yes we ain't got to say yes to it we ain't got to indulge in it just like nobody had to indulge in the coach who decided to pray same situation he was free to pray they said he was free to pray and he did not entice or uh, seduce or make anybody join him in prayer. He was free to pray. And anybody else who wanted to pray, the Supreme Court and the decisions allowed him to pray. I said, so don't throw prayer in there, my brother, as if he was only supposed to pray personally. See how important it is to be biblically illiterate? Because you're not biblically literate, you cannot decide and decipher and judge a matter. We need the saints of God. We need people who are mature in the things of God. We got to get out of this place that people are pulling up signs in their spirit talking about I'm going to be a babe for life. Too many people have been babes in Christ for life. Come on now. If you've been saved over five or six years, you should know how to hold your head up. Meaning we shouldn't have to preach, be encouraged every other Sunday to get you out of a low place. You should be old enough by now to hold up your own head. Come on now. You can't be no baby for life. We got other people coming in the church who are genuine babies who need our care and if you stuck in baby zone you know what that means you need deliverance you know what that means you need transformation something's not growing right going right in your growth process and now we have to spend all day dealing with you with you a baby but you got teeth you got you got long hair you you got a big old vocabulary but you can't hold up your head and now we got to spend time all day with you and it ain't that we don't love you but I want you to grow up I want you to say I've been in this place long enough it's time for me to grow up out of here I'm not going to be immature all my life I'm not going to be stunning in my growth all my life come on y'all I've been saved long enough have you ever said that to yourself some of the ways I changed I look myself in the mirror and say Joe that's enough Come on, man. Come on, man. You already know the word. Get your behind out of that situation. Come on now. When you gonna grow up and start doing what you know how to do? Some of y'all be waiting for other people to jack you up. You need to jack your own self up. You need to get yourself together and start saying, start whining and start complaining all the time. Stop acting like you don't know who you are and know who God is. You've been saved long enough. You've been in Bible study long enough. You've been at the altar more than enough. I'm trying to tell you God wants to build us and raise us up and Paul has to rebuke the church 
Can I tell you the truth? Some parts of the church can't even handle strong meat. Ooh, they get mad. And that's how babies do. Babies have to be taught how to respect discipline and chastisement. And parents do that to children. That you're not going to get disciplined and then go down the hall and slam no doors. Now, I know some of y'all let that stuff happen. My prayers for you. I know some of y'all let that stuff happen. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I come from the house where if you mess around and slam that door hard by mistake. You may have went in that room upset, but time it went boom. Mama, mama, I ain't me. Daddy, that, 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 no, that was a mistake. It slipped out my hand. Because you know what was coming next after that. You know, you sure enough know what was coming. My dad was so simple in principle on discipline. If he disciplined me for something that I did wrong, he didn't allow me to go around the house grumping for hours. I did it one time and I'll never forget it. I was wrong and I went around the house 30 minutes later. My daddy came out there and said, boy, what's wrong with you? You are in the wrong and now because I chastise you, you're going to have a fit and you're going to act out because I chastise you and you were in the wrong? Let me give you something else. <laughs> My daddy was God. Let me give you something else to help you understand what just happened. Let me give you something to calm you down and get you to understand what's going on. Because you're not going to act out when you're being disciplined. And he wouldn't let us do that kind of stuff. He said, no, you're going to come to terms with why you got spanked or whatever the chastisement was. And you're not going to act out for hours and all this kind of stuff. And then all the parents say, just leave him alone. I'm helping somebody. They, just leave him alone. Just leave him. And sooner or later, that child don't grew up and they can't obey nobody. Nobody can't deal nothing with them. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But it started when they were small. That nobody reined them in when they started acting out. I'm telling y'all, my dad was something. My dad was very mild. He's a very mild man. He very he didn't. My dad wasn't the kind of dad that looked for spankers. You know, there are some parents that just look to spank a child. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, just look to spank a child. Hey, man, you can't move. You know, I ain't talking about that kind of parenting. You know what I'm saying? Just any moment, just anything, just look to spank. Everything, everything in my house where I grew up didn't equal a spanking. Everything, something with different forms of discipline. Everything wasn't a spanking. All right, some just people just believe in spanking all the time, and that's all the children think. Everything you don't show no grace, no mercy. You ain't nowhere like God. Hey, Amen. Nowhere like God. God don't spank you all the time. Hey, Amen. Come on now. But my dad would not allow us to go around grumpy and all those kind of stuff. I'm trying to teach you that we got to stop being babes in certain areas of our lives. We got to stop having adult temper tantrums. We got to accept the discipline of the Lord. We're never going to be saints. We're never going to be mature. We're never going to know how to judge the things in the world if we don't stop having these adult temper tantrums. Come on, y'all. I got to preach hard because some of us not getting it. Paul was very strong. He said, how dare you? Verse 5, I got to go. He says, I speak to your shame. Verse 5, I speak to your shame. In other words, you ought to be shame of yourself. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? You tell me you ain't got nobody wise in your church? There's nobody here who has overcome struggles. Nobody here who has used the word of God and came out with wisdom. In other words, you should not be failing as much as you're failing. 
because there's help around you you should not be suffering I'm coming through you should not be suffering as much as you're suffering because there's help around you but if you're gonna act like you don't need no help if you're gonna act like nobody can help you if you're gonna act like nobody can understand you if you're gonna act like nobody can forgive you get out of here I don't tell somebody I've been through too much not to be merciful God don't forgive me too much God don't merciful me too much for me not to know how to help people out when they're down I don't been through too much not to be a help to somebody come on somebody come on somebody I ain't saying nothing Hallelujah. I love my beautiful daughter. She's doing great. I remember a story when she was growing up. I want to tell it right now. When she was like in middle school, high school, she had something happened in school and, and we found out about it, Pastor Robin and I, and we talked to her about it. And one of the things she said to me was, I didn't feel like I can talk to you guys because of such and such and such and such and such. I didn't feel like I can talk to you guys. Boy, I got on her pretty hard that day. I said, let me tell you something. Now, don't come in this house speaking that stuff that your friends say. All right? Don't come in here and don't ever tell me that you can't talk to me. That's your problem. I'm here and I'm available to listen and I'm available to be talking to. I don't know where you got that from. You can talk to me. Since you talked to me this morning and said good morning, you could have came in here and told me what was going on in your situation. No, it's a child situation. You got to teach them through that stuff. Because y'all parents be sitting there feeling bad because they tell them, I can't talk to you. No, I'm not your friend. I'm your parent. So when you do talk to me, I'm going to remind you of standards. I'm going to remind you of where you're not. I'm not your friend. I can be friendly, but I'm never your friend. I'm your daddy. I'm your daddy. All right. I got responsibilities. All right, so don't play with me. Your friends are your friends. Y'all play kickball together without responsibility. I'm your daddy. Don't get it confused. And I said, don't you ever talk to me about telling me that I'm not capable of talking to you. I'm your daddy. I'm capable of talking to you. It was you that wasn't strong enough to talk to me. Don't you do strong. See, see, y'all ain't saying. I'm not accepting that. I'm your daddy. I'm here for the journey. She's good now. She's wonderful. She's saved and all that good stuff. But this is when she was young. I said, no, no, no. We're going to work. Because I don't want you ever getting something in life and think you can't talk to me. I may be disappointed with you. There may be some consequences after you. But I'm committed to your well-being. And I don't care. Don't go out there listening to your friends and all the people talking in your ear. <laughs> Want to hear that foolishness? Get your act together. Come in and reason out. No, 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 no. I don't care what they do in their house. This house has a standard, and this house has a rule. Well, my mama, my friend's dad, that's your friend's dad. That's your friend's mama. What works for their house works for their house. But I know what works for my house. Y'all ain't saying nothing here. Y'all gonna get this type of thing. Oh. Come on, y'all. We got to set these standards in place. And he says, y'all got somebody wise around you. This church don't like nobody with wisdom. There are people who've been through stuff who done bumped their head. God done cleaned them up, taught them lessons, and they speak out of wisdom and experience. Come on now, you can be further in life if you learn how to share in healthy vulnerability. You can be further in life if you start being honest and start faking all the time. Y'all know I ain't with that fake it till you make it. You be faking all your life. You ain't got nowhere, nothing, nowhere yet. I ain't with that fake it till you make it. I, I supervise people at work and I tell people the worst thing I hate is, in working is guesswork. I can't stand it. It aggravates me to my core. We got manuals, we got procedures, and we got people with experience. So when I come and ask you why you got this thing wrong, I'm trying to figure out where in the training plan that we missed it and we need to repeat the training. You don't just tell me what well, this is what I thought I should do. Thought you should do. We got a manual here. What you? I, I pay you to follow manuals. 
I don't need you around here doing guesswork. We got people in offices with experiences and you sitting around here and got it wrong? No, you need to learn to talk up, get up and go to somebody and, exp- and, and, and share some vulnerability. I'm struggling with this. So I can't seem to remember on how to do it. And then they come and they give you their tips and their expertise. Too long have we been quiet and not growing. You better talk up. There's somebody in here. You ain't been uh, feeling. You ain't the only one that been single. You ain't the only one who been single and having problems. Y'all gonna make me preach. Sleeping at night. You ain't the only one who been been waiting to get married and holding out. You ain't. You ain't the only one. You ain't the only one struggling in your flesh. There are other people sitting in the pew. Know what it feels like to go through hardship. Know what it feels like to wait on the Lord. You ain't the only one. Talk to somebody else who waited and passed the test. Talk to somebody else who had to go through the struggle and God brought them over. You ain't the only one. Stop acting like you're the only one struggling and suffering and and going through hardship and and going through all these kind of stuff. That's why I always tell my stories. Because too many people get locked up like they're the only one. You ain't the only one. Let me get out of here. Verse 6, but the brother goeth to the law with the brother and that before unbelievers. And I know the world has changed quite a bit, and I, I salute that we have several believers who are now involved in our political process. Give God praise for that, we need that, come on. We need godly views in politics. But it was tough during this time that they didn't have as many believers in politics. So he's really focused on that. There's a, a place where believers were not welcome. But now we got a lot of believers that are in politics and we need you. We need you. Tell somebody say we need you. We need that. We need that. But now therefore there is utterly a fault among you because ye go to go ye go to law one to another. He said it's a fault. In matters dealing with each other, he said don't go to the court to be suing one another. And I remember having my own personal decision with a family member <laughs> that I had to go to court about. It was very tough and I didn't want to go to court for it. It was a family member that I believe loved the Lord and that was saved, but how they was acting, they weren't acting saved. And so I talked to a, a senior family member. I was struggling with the situation and, um, and, and that person told me, go to court. They ain't been a bit, they ain't been a bit saved for a whole lot of years. <laughs> and that was my freedom to take them to court. Because <laughs> he said, they ain't been, been saved. I don't think they say. They just go to church, but they don't treat people right. Y'all hear what I said? He said, they just go to church, but they don't treat people right. He said, they treat you all kinds of ways. He said, you got to go to court. And that was, I, hate, I didn't want to go to court, but I went to court. I really didn't want to because I believe the person was a believer. But as a senior person told me, they ain't no better no believer. Go to court. I went to court, I won the case, and I really didn't want to because, but there's a thing that God is saying, we got to learn how to handle matters between each other. The church is supposed to help people settle stuff and get back right and get back in right standings. I really want to understand that what we need is we need to bring back the saints. We need to bring back people who are mature, and I'm not calling forth the dead. I'm not calling forth the saints of old. I ain't calling forth no dead. I'm not calling back. Father Mason from Church of God in Christ. I'm not calling them back. I'm not going to call them back Seymour. I'm not calling none of them back. 
Everybody want to call all these great people back, but God is trying to raise up people today who can stand for him, who knows his word. You stand on your feet. I believe I preached enough to this today. You stand. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.